You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 37. And today we're talking about how you can make an even bigger impact in 2019. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business. Your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I'm super excited to be hanging out with you today on this episode that is on the downhill slide into Christmas. December is certainly moving along quite quickly. I've been down in Adelaide over the weekend, which is my hometown, and we had an early Christmas celebration with the family, so it was great to catch up with with the nephews and my children and my parents and all of the other family members and, and have a great time, lots of laughs. And of course, what's a Christmas dinner without lots of food and a few drinks? We had a great time. And now I'm sitting in this beautiful town. If you haven't heard of it, look it up. It's called Middleton. It's in the south of South Australia. It's right on the ocean. And this is where I'm going to spend the next week writing my next book. So Getting, setting the foundations for what looks like is going to be a great year and uh, getting, tying out 2018 and really setting up the foundations for a fabulous 2019 and setting the foundations for a fabulous 2019 and making next year even bigger than this year was. And this year was huge for me. It was a fabulous year. For those of you who haven't joined the waitlist for the upcoming round of Business Success Academy and you are thinking or you're on the fence and thinking about it, just jump into onto the waitlist so that you'll find out when the doors open, which is very, very soon. Just head over to samanthariley.global forward slash success so that you are the very first to be notified when the doors open. Over the last few weeks, you've heard some bonus episodes of the podcast with some people that are in Business Success Academy and some people who've gone on to join me in my Black Diamond Inner Circle. And they share, they've been sharing their stories on exactly what life was like before and the transformations that they've had in their business and in their life. There's been some amazing inspirational stories. So if you've missed any of those, go back and check them out. I've been releasing bonus episodes every Thursday. But today we're talking about making an even impact. And when I think about making an impact, I reached out, I had to speak to Jake Ballantyne. Jake and I have been connected for a couple of years now. I met him in his Facebook group, Speakers, Authors and Coaches, and I know that he mentions that in the podcast, and I thoroughly recommend you join his group. It's a fantastic group. And after you've heard a bit of what Jake's doing and what he's all about, I just know that it's the kind of community that I know that you'll want to be part of to you know, surround yourself by like-minded people and people that are doing great things every single day. So Jake and I today are talking about how he has built his business and 
you know, taking it where it is now, where he's able to not only inspire the thousands of school students that he speaks with every single year, but other speakers, coaches, authors that are out there doing or want to create an impact just like Jake is doing. And he shares a ton of value in this episode. So I'm going to go and write and Let's jump straight into the interview that I recorded with Jake a couple of weeks ago. So I introduce you to Jake Valentine. I'm so excited to be welcoming today's featured guest into the Business Lab, Jake Valentine. Welcome to the show, Jake. Thank you so much. I am so grateful to be here. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure, Samantha. Yeah, I don't know where this interview is going to go today, so this is going to be interesting. But whenever you and I talk, we can go down 50 rabbit holes within five minutes, and it's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> right? We already we already have over the last 15 minutes. Before we have. We, I thought I, I thought we should have had that recorded. I actually thought if I don't press record now, we're going to be chatting for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Look, before we even start, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and the people that you work with? Yeah. So since 2012, I've had the privilege to make my living sharing a positive message. That's came across in, in several different ways from speaking in uh, high schools and middle schools all over the United States of America to speaking at companies and associations to doing coaching. A couple years ago, I had had the question so many times, Jake, how how are you doing this? How are you making a living sharing your message? And I want to do this too. And that's when that's what inspired me to start the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network. What just started as a Facebook community, now it's turning into something where you know we're having our first annual summit this January. We're doing other smaller live events throughout the year. It's turning into a full-on organization outside of just a Facebook group. And that really all came to be because so many people asked the question, how can I make my living sharing my message too. And what I love about this is you haven't gone out to say, this is what I'm doing. You just got out there, you wanted to share your message and the rest has organically fallen into place. You haven't forced it. It's just happened. I mean, I've been in your Facebook group for a little while now and it just organically happens so beautifully in your community, which says volumes about the kind of person that you are. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. When I started the group, to be honest, at the beginning, it was more of about, okay, I'm just going to put all the people who have been asking me questions into one place because, and I'm not talking bad about anyone who does anything, like I'm, I'm not really into that. But what I am saying is that there's a lot of people that that is their business. That's all they've ever done. All they've ever done is help people. They have a business about starting businesses. I was speaking, I was coaching, I was doing that. And I just thought, you know what, here's these people who have friended me, who have uh, asked me questions, and I'm just going to put them into one place and start out there. After a few months of it growing organically, then I realized, one, I really enjoy this and really love it. But two, this is something that's really growing and is really building momentum. And at that time is when I decided, you know what, I'm going to make a real go at this and say, I'm going to focus on the speakers, authors, and coaches network, my coaching programs that I have with those people and really build it up. So it really was an organic approach that there wasn't some master game plan of what I was doing. It just kind of happened. Yeah, totally. I'm going to come back to that Facebook group because I want to get the gold out of your head around that. But before we do, let's go back to your speaking because that's where it started. Back in 2012, what were you doing before you got out there and speaking at schools? What was that little journey like and how did you transition into your speaking?
filmmaking career? I was a musician. I performed in places like bars and clubs and restaurants and hotel lounges and kind of dingy places like that. <laughs> My goal with music, and I, and I made a living doing that. I, I was I was making money at, at the time. I mean, it was nothing compared to what I've been able to do once I started speaking and what I'm doing now. But at the time, I felt like I was really doing well for myself. It was the best I'd ever done, which is really cool because I was doing something I'd always been passionate about in playing music. But for me, music wasn't so much about the music. I loved music and it was something that's always come, music comes very easy to me. I play multiple instruments. I've sung since I was a little kid. It's just been something that I have a talent for. But for me, music is about a tool of communication. That's what music is. And I said, okay, I'm going to use this tool to promote a positive message. Well, after a couple years of realizing that what I was actually doing was performing so that people would buy more alcohol, I realized I'm not really promoting the positive message in the way that I want to be doing. And yeah. so that's when I started looking around for something different. And at the time, I had no I had no idea. I mean, this is before 2012, but uh, I had no idea where I was going, what I was going to do. I always liked working with people. I decided that these, this, uh, even if it was a means to an end, I really wasn't willing to keep going in that path where I was spending four or five nights a week in a bar somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I went back to school to finish my degree. I got a degree in psychology. I was going to go and get a master's in counseling and work with people on a one-on-one level, specifically youth. But then while I was finishing that degree, I had this idea of what if I combine music with this positive message with speaking and telling stories and I went to schools. And I had no clue that it was going to be a career. When I thought about this, it was about, okay, how can I keep music in my life and how can I continue to give back at a little bigger level? Because yeah, I like the idea of me doing this one-on-one counseling, but I still am a performer. I just want to do it in a different way. And so I started doing it and like, it's really interesting because before you just talked about it happening organically and I never, I never really thought about it like this, but it's kind of the same thing of what happened then. I just followed what I felt was right. And as I did that, the path was laid out in front of me. All mm-hmm. of a sudden I started seeing opportunities and, and I learned that there was this whole business around speaking that I knew nothing about. I didn't go into it thinking, hey, I'm going to be a speaker. I just thought, hey, this would be cool to do. And then as I did it, I went, wow, I love this. This is amazing. This is everything I've ever wanted. And then it was when one school said, hey, this school had you and we want, you know, someone called me, we want to have you come. They said it was great. How much do you charge? And I went, wait, what? I, I, didn't, <laughs> I, I thought this was like a volunteer thing. And then that's when I learned about this being a whole industry. I didn't know that if you didn't have a Super Bowl ring or didn't have a, you know, multi-million dollar business or a, or a gold medal or missing a leg or something like that. I didn't know that you could be a motivational speaker. Like as silly as that sounds, I had no idea. And so that's how it all started was just, I wanted to use music to make a difference and it morphed and it changed and it shifted. But that's still what I ended up doing. I I spent mid 2011 and the following five years going to over 300 high schools and middle schools all over the United States using music and a positive message to make a difference. I love that. And the biggest piece out of all of that that I took is just the power of asking yourself really great questions. What if, like what if, what if this, what if it felt better to do this? So what could it look like if I did this? So many people get caught 
caught up in their heads and thinking logically about how things should happen and forcing them to happen. But you asked yourself this really powerful question and then you followed what you felt was right. You didn't think about it. You just went, let's, let's just go with this and see what happens. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that too because I don't know how much you, you know, everyone has different thoughts and beliefs on this. And But I, I really am fascinated by personality types, specifically the Myers-Briggs personality types. Mm-hmm. And I am an ENFJ and the F is for feeling and, and some people are T's, which is more about thinking. And, you know, even in my personality profile, which is so spot on, it talks about how when I get stressed, I start to rely on the thinking. And for me, it doesn't work. It, it just doesn't work. And when I rely on my intuition and when I rely on my feelings about something, I'm almost always right. And I've seen that to be true across the board. And so I know that some people are different and some people have different kind of strengths in their personalities. But for me, if I'm following my gut, if I'm following my feelings, I know that I'm going to be right. It's when I overthink things, that's when I make mistakes. And you know what? That's probably why I latched on to what you were saying and made those notes because I am also an ENFJ. So <laughs> I, I actually guessed that. I actually <laughs> I actually guessed that. I thought, I bet she, I, I thought about, that wasn't today, but I, I thought that probably around the first time we spoke, I thought, I bet she's an ENFJ as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're very special people. Yeah. But, there yeah you go. And that's why I probably picked out those feelings. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's also, you know, I'm really glad that you brought that up because for some people, that is not the way to grow their business. They are more the thinking kinds of people than following their feelings right at the beginning might not be the right thing to do. So that's why it's really important to know who you are and how you work. Yeah. And and all we can do is share our experiences. We can share Mm -hmm. our experiences. We can share the experiences of our clients. But at the end of the day, I can't tell someone exactly what works for them. A big thing that that I do with a lot of my clients is, yes, I give them a lot of direction and say, you know, tell them things to do, but I'm giving them options of things to try. And if it doesn't work for them, that's okay. That means, okay, so now that one didn't work. So we're going to do this a little bit differently because everything's going to work a little bit differently for every person because of everyone's strengths and weaknesses. But I do think we're often so quick to judge ourselves that the first time we try something and it doesn't work, then we're devastated. And so then we don't keep going. Yeah. And I think it's really important to have that conversation. And I think it's a conversation that we don't have often enough is that, you know, we look at people and and the successful people. And even though we intuitively know that, you know, they were a 10 year overnight success, we don't often think about the amount of things that didn't work for them. And, oh, totally. you know, I, I see it with my clients as well. Like, you know, oh my goodness, that didn't work. Well, that's okay because we actually have those things happening in all of our businesses every single day. Not everything works 100% of the time. And in that course, I call them learnings, not failures, because it's these mm-hmm. things that don't go to plan that actually puts us on the course to where we are now and puts us on the course to things, you know, getting greater results. Well, like, okay, let's go back to my story about, okay, I had this idea that I wanted to use music to make a difference. And that was going to be my career. And that's what I did. I did that for a couple years. For a few years, my wife is like the greatest person ever because right after we got married, I said, hey, I'm going to drop out of school and just uh, perform music. I have no plan and I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to work really hard. And she was 100% supportive of that, which is incredible. 
<laughs> because I don't know if I would suggest that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she was totally supportive of it. I did that for a couple of years, but in the process of that, that's how I discovered, or not just in the process of doing that, but in what I could have called a failure because it didn't really work out the way that I wanted it to. But had I not done that, I left school. I left school for two years and told everyone, hey, I'm moving back to Los Angeles and I'm going to become this famous musician, you know? Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. I came back to school two years later when all the people were like finishing college and I was now two years behind them. And I mean, a lot of people had the attitude of, hey, well, it looks like that worked out well for you. You know, <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of that. Yeah. But in that, what you could call failure, that's where I found my real path. Yes. And if you're not willing to go to those places, then you're not going to find the path. And there is so much. So I, I understand why there's fear. We have to let go of security in order to be able to find your true path. Yeah, we need to embrace the adventure and the explorer and just succumb to it and and just go with the flow because the, the path is already there. Let's not fight it. Let's just do it and get there faster. 100%. Yeah, why not faster? Yeah, totally. So once you decided that you weren't going to do music and you were going to do speaking, how did you get that first speaking gig? The very first speaking gig. So, well, first of all, I knew that I needed to have some kind of video to convince them that I should come to their school. And I mean, I was volunteering, but I still needed something to show them. Mm -hmm. So I actually went to an empty room, like a theater at my university, Mm -hmm. and I filmed myself on the stage for a a five minute thing. That's awesome. That's that's what I did. And then this is crazy, like absolutely absurd. And and I want to be clear that this will not happen for 99% of the people. This is just two things. One, it was complete happenstance. And then mm, another part of me really believes that there was some greater force that really wanted me to do what I was doing because mm-hmm. I got a list of schools that were within 50 miles of me and I just started making cold calls and no joke, the very first cold call I made, I booked a paid speaking engagement. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think the universe is looking after you. I'm a big believer <laughs> in manifestation. I think you just played a really great manifestation. <laughs> so, okay, let me let me correct the timeline. Sometimes I, I say things and then I realize like, no, that was in the exact timeline. So that was the first paid one that I had. Mm-hmm. The first one I ever did was just volunteering at a local school. So that's it. So I did the theater where I just filmed in the room. Then I volunteered at a local school. I just walked in and said, hey, can I do this? That's when some other schools locally started saying, hey, you did this. That was good. The one who asked me how much I paid or how much I charged, it actually didn't end up working out. I think because I sounded stupid when I didn't know what to say to them. And then when I came back and said a number, I, I don't. I think I lost all confidence with them. And then I I said, okay, I got to get serious about this now because it's a real thing. I started making phone calls. The very first one that I called, I ended up booking it. I love it. I love it. Now, I think I actually saw this in post, someone post this in your Facebook group, asking the question, is it okay to be filming yourself up on that stage with no one there, as opposed to having a speaker reel where people are listening? No, I know I've got an idea of what I think is right, but I'd love, obviously, you know, you did that. Did it feel weird at the time? I mean, it did a little bit. I mean, yeah, it did. And it wasn't great. But the point is, is you need to have something. You need to have something to get that first gig because you even have to sell free. Like you you do. You you have to sell free and booking a speaking engagement without a video of them being able to see you is like hiring a wedding photographer without a portfolio. Yeah, totally. You have to be able to show something. And so if you can just show something, it's better than nothing. But then at the same time, like me and 
and my brother just we just partnered. He has a he has a video production company. We just partnered, rented out a theater, a big beautiful professional theater here in in California, and did a program called the Demo Factory, where people came in, they spoke on the stage, but it was a big beautiful, well lit stage, and their videos look incredible. There was no audience there, but it was a service that we were providing for people who needed to get started. And it's so hard. That's the thing. The biggest question I get is, I say, okay, you need a demo video, but they go, well, you need a demo video to get booked on stages. But that's like a weird chicken and egg kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You need to have Mm -hmm. the demo video to get on stage, but you got to get on stage to get the demo video. So you got to start with something. So here's what I'll say about it though. If you can't do it, like if you're not able to do it and feel natural, then maybe it's not the best approach. At that point, maybe you should just do a look straight to camera and just talk about who I am, what I do, and why it's important to you. And then there's something for them to see, but there needs to be something so that you can book those first few speaking engagements so that you can get the real ones. So I'm really glad that that we had that little conversation because I've heard people say that it's almost like dishonest, which I don't, I agree, I don't agree at all. So I'm on your- Then every music yeah. video is dishonest. Then That's every exactly like- right. It's, it's a promotional tool is all it is. 100%. And Look, people if, need to be maybe, able to see that you can speak. Exactly. And maybe if you're like CGIing a giant audience in or you're superimposing yourself <laughs> there. Exactly what I was going to say. It's dishonest if you say, I normally get paid, you know, $50,000 for a speaking gig, you know, along with your video. That's dishonest. But just speaking yeah. is fine. And and I just, while you were speaking then and you were saying if you feel uncomfortable, if you're paying for the theatre anyway, there's nothing to say that you can't put on a free event just to get the video as well. It, like, just think totally. outside the box. Think that, that's what, you know, I've done, you know, this was even years into my, years into my speaking business. I wanted to get a new higher quality video after, you know, what's funny is at the beginning of it, it was all about big. I wanted it to be big. I wanted big audiences. I wanted all that. And then, you know, if you look at my demo video at jakeballantine.com, the video that's on there, there's three different clips that are on there. One is from a nice stage, but that nice stage is very close shots. And it's, uh, you know, you just see a dark background. The other two clips that are used are actually small events that I put on renting out a room and ask people to come. And the reason why is because I wanted control of the room and I wanted to be able to deliver my content because later on I realized that this idea of, oh, I want to make it look big and awesome. That's like my pride speaking. And really what people who are going to hire you care about is can you deliver a message? And all the videos that I had done before, there's so many moving pieces. And so if you're going to hire a film crew to come with you, you got to make sure that it's all going to work. You don't want to have something go wrong. And so I just went, I'm going to just rent a place. I'm going to get 40 people in the room and we're going to, we're just going to film this just so I can put together this new video. Anyway, I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with doing that. In fact, I'd say do whatever you can to get your demo video because as a speaker, it is your number one most important piece of marketing that you have. 100% agree. And thanks for having that real and honest conversation because it helps people that might have had that little seed of doubt in their head. We've just like spoken it out loud. So we've just blown that little seed up, hopefully. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You're not a liar if you do that. (laughs) Yeah, love it. Now you got, once you started speaking in a very, very short time, and I actually can't remember, it was something like three years and a few hundred speaking engagements. Oh, I mean, I said in the next five years, I did 300 speaking engagements. That's incredible. How did you leverage and get that many that fast? You know, the biggest thing I can say is that I got really focused. I didn't do anything else. And people might see me now 
and see, well, I still speak at youth events. I still speak at associations. I speak at seminars. I run the Speakers Office and Coaches Network. I have a podcast. I do a bunch of different things. But for five straight years, I did one thing. I spoke at youth events and that's it. I didn't do anything else. And I was laser focused on that. And so that that's the biggest principle is that I was super focused on that one thing. Um, when it came to how I actually did it, it was just, it's just, here's the truth. If you said what my job was for those five years based on how much time I was spending on something, if I could say, okay, my job has to be defined by what I'm spending my most time on, then I was a salesman. That's what I was. That was my actual full-time job. And I was a speaker on the side. I was actually a salesman. And so my clients, my potential clients was lists of high school and middle school principals and assistant principals and leadership directors and uh, school counselors all over the United States of America. And so just like any good salesman would, start with a list, start building up. And that's the thing. People say cold calls and cold emails don't work. I actually don't agree with that. They do work. And I know that they do work because more than half of those paid speaking engagements came from cold contacts. But with the caveat of cold contacting works if your purpose of cold contacting is not from going to cold contact to sale. Mm -hmm. It's the purpose of going from cold contact to lead, cold contact to someone who knows me. And now I nurture that relationship more. And now I nurture that relationship more. If you do that, if all you're doing is, let's say you have you know several different channels, depending on your market, you know different markets have different channels and things like that. But the best way for me at the time to get in front of these people was two things. One, it was cold contacting through email and phone because I knew their direct contact information because it's public information based on their position. Uh, then the other thing was attending conferences that were that those people were going to be at leadership conferences, national conferences, state conferences for either educators or for student leaders and representatives from schools were going to be there. So whatever I was doing, the purpose was generating leads. I didn't go to a conference and then book 15 gigs right there. But every time I went to a conference over the next 12 to 24 months, I was going to end up booking 15 to 20 schools every time I went to a conference. So, I mean, really, it's just about generating leads in whatever way that comes, you know, wherever you'll be, wherever your leads are, understand who those leads are then be where they are, get to know them, nurture the relationship. And eventually the time's going to be right for them. And when the time's right for them, you're the go-to choice because you've served them over the course of the last six months or 12 months or whatever. You've served them through your free content, through being courteous, through being kind, through touching base with them. And uh, that's how I booked all those gigs, old-fashioned sales. I love it. And what you said there was super, super powerful. And I just want to touch back on it for anyone that missed it, because there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that want to be speakers or want to grow their speaking business. And, you know, they say things like, all I want to do is speak or I just want more speaking gigs. I hear it all the time. But you are a salesman first or a salesperson first and you're a speaker on the side. That is absolute gold. You are, one thing I heard recently is, uh, that's a while ago I heard this, but it was that that you are a, you could either say a salesperson or you could say a marketer and you just happen to be marketing your speaking services. You have to look at it that way. I, 
I, I have a friend who was telling me, you know, I don't really want to deal with any of that stuff. I just want to speak. Mm-hmm. I went, that's nice. Let me know how that goes for you. Yeah. And I hear uh, that all the time. So I know exactly what you're saying there. Because it's not going to work. It just isn't. No. Um, oh, well, I just want to find that. I'm just going to apply for speakers bureaus and they're going to take care of it. That's not how it works either. Bureaus mm-hmm. are not interested in you unless you're booking on your own, unless you're already a proven in-demand product, then they're going to, they're not building you up. That's not what they do. No. They want to represent people who are already doing it and already moving. So truth is, is even if you don't want to be a marketer, even if you don't want to be a salesperson, if you want to be successful at this, you just got to ask yourself, how bad do I want it? Mm-hmm. And realize that this is, this is the cost of entry. The cost of entry is to be a salesperson. It is to be a marketer. That's what the cost of entry is. And you got to realize, okay, I, my dream, my passion is to be a speaker. Mm. Well, you're going to need to prove it because if it's truly your passion, if it's truly the thing you want more than anything else, then I don't think something like making a phone call should hold you back from that. Uh, you know, it's really interesting that, that this has come up and you've spoken it exactly like that because I only heard just this week someone was saying, you know, we do what we do because we're passionate about sharing our message with with the world. And when we start, we're on fire and, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to share this message in a huge way. And then, you know, what's the percentage? Like 95% of people in the first year fail. Well, if the message is that good, why are you letting some little failures along the way stop you from sharing that message? And when I heard that, I mean, I have been in business for 26 years. So, you know, I, I certainly understand it is just the relentless resilience of just picking myself up and constantly going there. But, you know, that's because I have this message that I want to share with the world that I'm really passionate about. So you really need to check in and say, how passionate about this am I? How, because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring something up now that you may or may not know. But when I learned this, my mind like basically exploded because I thought, was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. Yeah. And it is that, so I think that this word passion is so misused all the time. And I thought that for a long time because I hear people say, oh, I want to do something I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about this. And I'd hear that. And what they're really saying is that I wanted to do something that was fun all the time. And I think it's fun. And and once it becomes work, well, that's not my passion. That No, the work part, that's not my passion. Well, I learned this recently. The Latin root of the word passion goes back to a word that means to suffer. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yes. And the word patience goes back to the same Latin root word, which wow. means being willing to suffer. So if you are truly passionate about something, are you that, that means that you're willing to suffer through the crap that you're going to have to do to make it work. And you know what? We talked earlier about intention and attraction, and I believe in all of that. But I do think that there's such a misservice in our industry of, of people who talk about things. I hear people saying, if it's meant to be, it's going to be easy. And I go, what the heck are you saying? That is not true. That's just like, that's crazy talk. And I hear that, oh, you know what? I just want to attract it. I just want, you know what? You, you really, good fortune comes to people who work hard and, and more and more of it comes as you put in the work and you put in the effort. Now, I just want to be clear because I do truly believe in attraction. I truly believe in that. I, I really do. It's been huge in my life. And especially you know, over the last two years, I've really surrendered to a lot of that and seen a lot of incredible things happen. But the common thread for me is I've been moving. I've been moving forward. And as I move, then I've been guided in different places. But anyway, point is, is if, if you are truly passionate about something, it literally means, the word literally means 
that you are willing to suffer for that thing. That is. I'm so glad you stopped and shared that. I have never heard <laughs> that. And it makes so much sense because I 100% agree in attraction and manifestation. I manifest a lot, but I don't. And I had this conversation um, on another interview that I did yesterday. Manifestation doesn't mean having this thought and then sitting under a tree and just waiting for it to drop in. It means what am I willing to do to get that as well? There's got to be some action. And if you want to constantly be growing, you need to be growing out of your comfort zone all the time. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I just pulled this up on Google about passion Latin root. And it says the word passion comes from the Latin root patai. I don't know if that's how it's pr- pronounced patai, pati, I don't know. But it says meaning suffering or enduring. Mm-hmm. Thus, compassion means to suffer with. Compassionate, uh, the compassionate art immune to the other people's pain. So it means to be to suffer with. And passion is at its core a form of pain that demands it to be quenched. I like that, hearing that. It means yeah. that, that it's a form of pain that demands it to be quenched. And I think that that's it. When when somebody's truly passionate about something, in my mind, it means like I'm I, I can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way that I can do anything else. Yeah, I didn't always know what I was going to do. I didn't know all that. But even before I knew it, at my core, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always had that spirit. I've never wanted to work for someone else. I've always wanted to be someone who was working on my own. And and the truth is, the reason why is because it's like. I don't even like thinking about what that life would be like. And I know there's people listening who have jobs and have careers and and they're happy doing that. And that's great. But to me, that's something that I just can't go there. Like Mm -hmm. when somebody Mm -hmm. says like, oh, wow, you had so much courage to go and do this. I was like, "Ah, I'm just trying to survive because I just couldn't do that. I just could not do that. And so when someone, I don't know, I just think that when, when in my mind, passion is like, well, I couldn't do anything else. Yeah. And it's really important to know what that is because you mentioned that some people might be happy in their job. I've got three children and all of them work for other people. They're all employed. And when I said to them, all three of them, I said, you grew up in a house where mum and dad were business owners. Like, what? why would you want to do anything else? You know, you're, you can control your life and, you know, everything's in your own hands. And all three of them said, because we watched what you did and we don't want to work that hard. Now, to me... <laughs> And my perception was that it was easy and I wouldn't want to work hard for someone else. So it's very important to know the things that, because we all have different perceptions. It's really, really important to know what works for you. And once they explained that, I'm so happy for them being in a job and they're so happy that they understand that I could think of anything worse. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, and I think it's also important to realize that not everyone is an entrepreneur that's and that's exactly okay. Right. Yeah. Not everyone is, is cut out for that. And that's not a, saying cut out, makes it sound like it's better to be an entrepreneur than not. It's not. Sometimes what's good for you, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, sometimes I see some of my friends and, and, you know, I'm I'm not saying anything wrong about what I'm doing or or anything like that, but I do work really hard. And then sometimes, you know, I'll I'll see a friend or family member or something and and what they're doing and the time. And I know they have stress. I know they have hard work. I understand that. But when they're off, they're off. And sometimes I go, you know, that would be nice. That Mm -hmm. that would be nice. Mm -hmm. But then that moment ends. That's about it. 
it. <laughs> That's as long as I go, that would be nice. But, oh, wait a second. And then I wake up from you, my dream. <laughs> you, you had to ask three weeks ago or you had to ask two months ago if you could have this, if you could have these three days off like that. That sounds crazy to me. I know. It's crazy. I want to shift gears here. You built this amazing, successful speaking business, which you still do. And then you started your Speakers, Authors and Coaches Network Facebook group. Yeah. You said that you just did that because these people were asking questions. How did, yeah. you, how did you grow your group? How did you get the word out there? Because you have got one of the most engaged Facebook groups that I'm a part of. I absolutely love being in your group. And I think that there's so many people that would, you know, that really want this engagement like you have. How did you build it up and keep the cult? I'm going to call it a culture in there as it is. Well, it's, it's really interesting because there is no hack. You know, there, there isn't a hack. And I think I actually had a benefit of one of my benefits was when I started the group, I, I really didn't have any product offerings for these people. Mm-hmm. And so by nature, I wasn't promoting anything. I promote things in it from time to time now, but I had nothing at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my other coaching programs that were all based on my book, Your Number One Goal. And it was more goal success driven that should benefit those people, but I didn't have something specifically for them. And I was just giving, giving, giving. I'll peel back the curtain a little bit further. So I did have the intention of, I wanted to put those people in there and I wanted to be able to answer those questions. At the same time, I had this thought and this idea. Uh, I read somewhere in a book, this is actually when I was a musician, it was a book that I read from this guy who had sold a lot of uh, music independently and some of the things that he did. And and he said one of the ways that he attracted people was by, was by creating something that your people would like that really had nothing to do with you, but it would get you known by them. Mm-hmm. Like creating, you know, I, I don't remember exactly. Uh, he was a piano guy. So he created a, he created like a piano station that was just for a bunch of other, yeah, a bunch of other piano musicians. And then he was on there too. And anyway, so this, this concept that he had of create something else that they would like that they would be attracted to. But I, I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to do this thing kind of on the side, give people an opportunity to ask questions, put them in there. But I also thought in the back of my head, this wasn't the primary driver, but I thought, you know what, give people what they want and then you're going to get what you want. But mm. my intention was actually using it to grow just my platform as a success coach, as a general coach, not not as a specifically for entrepreneurs trying to share their message. It was, okay, well, if I do this, then people will know who I am. More people will know who I am and they'll be interested in going over there. But anyway, that was kind of a long, yeah. long tangent. But what I'm saying is at the beginning, I wasn't in there promoting all the time. I just said, I want people to know me like me and trust me. And I know that's going to be worth something down in the future. Mm -hmm. So that's all I focused on. I just focused on giving, giving, giving. I commented on every single post people did. I responded to every time somebody said something. And at the beginning, sometimes it felt like I was talking in an empty room. You know, there was no one there. There was no one doing anything. It was months before I started really picking up steam and really making something happen. And, you know, at the beginning, there was times where I'd I'd message my good friends, you know, people who are friends of mine in real life and say, hey, can you do me a favor and can you comment on this <laughs> on this post just so it can kind of, you know, no one wants to be the first one in the pool, you know, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. except for me, I'm always the first one in the pool, but that's, that's a whole different story. But uh, <laughs> that's like, nobody wants to do that. So, okay, hey, can you, can you make a comment here? And I, I would kind of prime the pump there and little by little, it started growing and I started getting more people in there. And still to this day, you know, I'm, I'm a, like I, I we talked about before the call being a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, two mm-hmm. books, mm-hmm. two books that come 
to mind are thank you economy mm-hmm. and jab, 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 right hook. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thank you economy, the idea there is just giving and that it will come back to you. Yeah. And so really, there, there's no hack strategy tactics. It's really just giving way more value than you're asking in return. Totally. And I have been in that group for a while. And something else that I noticed just along the journey, because I have been in there a while, is that you start to get the idea. Once you get the interaction, the people that are in the group are actually giving you the feedback you need. They're giving you the content. They're giving you the, I need this so that then you can create it and you can deliver totally. it. So it's, Absolutely. It's, yeah. And I've definitely seen that happen over the, you know, not so much recently, but, you know, a year ago, I could definitely see that starting to happen. Um, that, and exactly. That's what I was trying to do is like, well, what, what do they want? Once I, did, once I saw the steam picking up, then I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to dive in. And then at that point I say, okay, well, if I'm going to dive into this, I need to make this work. So I just, I had, I had amazing market research right in front of me. What do you really want? What is it that you're really looking for? What are your real problems? What are your real issues? And so I've been able to create that in my coaching programs and it's, it's worked out very well. Yeah, totally. Now we've talked about all sorts of things. I knew that we were going to go down lots of rabbit holes and thank you for diving down there with me for people that are listening in and they're like they're like me and they're like we just want to be in Jake's world we want to hear more about what he's about <laughs> I you've got a free gift for people that want to stay in contact I'd love you to share that with them now yes I do so it's called uh, how to make money sharing your message in five simple steps uh, I think people overcomplicate things it's really not that complex and whether you're a speaker author coach or any other kind of message driven entrepreneur these five steps they apply they are uh, the fundamentals of what I've learned over the years. And so you can get that at speakerauthorcoach.net slash free. Beautiful. And we'll link, link that up in the show notes as we always do. Jake, for us to call this episode complete because we've talked about so much, what would you like to leave us with? I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, one idea, one concept, it's been stuck in my head lately. And so I'd love to share that. And that is that, okay, I'm going to, when you get that free thing, you're going to, the free guide, thing. That's probably not the best way to make people excited about something. Um, but when you get that free guide, you know, it's, you know, there's five steps there. But in reality, there's one step that matters and it's not even in the guide. The one step that matters is that you make a decision, is that you decide that you're going to do this. You decide that you're going to be successful because at that point, you're going to figure out everything. At that point, you are going to overcome everything. I didn't start to be successful uh, in my speaking business until I stopped looking at the possibility of getting another job. For a long time, I was like kind of, I was doing it, but I was still kind of had my eye open for other jobs. And then I said, nope, I'm done. This is what I'm doing. All of a sudden, it became so much easier. I didn't waste any of that time. I didn't waste any energy and effort focusing on this idea of like, maybe I could do that. Maybe I could do that. Put all your energy towards one thing. Make a decision. Challenges are going to come. There's going to be hard times on your path. But when you've made a decision that you are going to do this, you can overcome any of them. And if you haven't made a decision, you can have the perfect path. You can have all 
all of the information. You can have everything that you need and it will not work because you are not truly committed. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with us. I 100% agree and I have sat, said the same thing so many times. You've, you can't do anything by dipping your toe in the water. You've either got to be all in or all out. It doesn't work any other way. So thank you for sharing that with us and thank you for sharing so much value with us today because for anyone that's listening, seriously, Jake's just given you all the gold to get out there and to really get your speaking career off the ground in a big way. He's shared how he did it and what he's achieved. He's shared how to build a community. And what I'm here, like the biggest overarching message there, Jake, was everything that you did was around building really good relationships and tight relationships. And I think that if I was going to tie this this episode up in a bow, it would just be create relationships and everything will, will work as it's meant to be. I couldn't agree more. It, it actually, that's it. Like even going back to what I said about, about cold calls, if you're making cold calls for the purpose of booking something or making a sale immediately, it will not work. But if you're just reaching out to people People only for the purpose of building a relationship, nurture that from there and it's going to work. It's all about relationships. Totally. Cheers to the long game. Thank you for joining me today in the long episode and talking about playing the long game, Jake. I so appreciate you. Well, you are welcome. Thank you very much. Are you ready to say yes to creating a thriving freedom business in 2019? I'm talking about the kind of business that gives you the income that allows you the freedom to create a life you love while creating a global impact. If that's you, the doors to Business Success Academy are about to open. Head to samanthariley.global forward slash success to be the first to be notified when the doors are open.